Rick Madison, Rick and Friends, and, and today we're going to learn a lot, uh, culinary-wise, historical-wise. I've been trying to get this guy on the show for quite a while, but he gets, he gets booked up with tours all the time, and I urge people to go take a tour because it's the best way to see Kelowna. So uh, welcome to the show, Andrew Deans, a taste of Kelowna food tours, uh, com is where you find him. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Andrew, I got to... Let's just dive a little bit into why you started this because I think it's a it's a phenomenal uh, enterprise and I think it's something Kelowna needs. Um, but what got you into this walking around with people and taking it like I mean it sounds like a dream job, no yeah. question. Yeah, I mean I get to uh, walk around and show people the beautiful downtown cultural district and watch them eat ice cream and taste wines and you know fancy foods from different places and rooftop patios and stuff like that. So. Uh, Definitely never uh, gets boring, but uh, where it came from is just my love for the Okanagan. You know, I, I grew up here uh, a little bit further down than Kelowna in a place called Oyama in Lake Country. Uh, my grandparents had an orchard and, um, you know, I worked in the orchard there and I thought that uh, I would be a sports player because I was about a foot taller than the rest of my family. So I tried myself at tennis, hockey and golf and uh, turned out I was better at marketing that stuff and uh, selling it. And so I got involved with that after a little bit of uh, testing and broadcasting everywhere uh, in B uh, kind of all over BC and then found my way uh, back to Kelowna about uh, 13 years ago now with the West Kelowna Warriors um, and did Hockeyville with them which is a really uh, community driven uh, um, uh, thing across Canada. We came in second uh, with that so we won like $25,000 There was the a arena. bit of controversy around that, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. They released uh, the press release um, the earlier in the day than they should have, and they were wondering if it was the right one or not. We we had a pretty strong bid for West Kelowna that year. We had hotels full of uh, voting centers and stuff like that. So, it was a cool time. And I knew uh, Adam Less from that. Yeah, my, one of my great friends, Adam Less. We yeah. were co-chairs for that, and so... Um, that was 2012, and so uh, even before that, when I worked in Terrace for the TV station, I was on the Hockeyville committee there, and we won it up in Terrace in 2009. So just a way uh, I learned when I was uh, applying my trade in the broadcast business when you went out to these small towns, instead of being just alone every night with no family or friends around, to get involved with a few clubs that may you know interest you or, or even uh, be a bit scary. When I went to the, the first Hockeyville meeting, um, I was just there covering it for the news station and thinking, hey, this is a crazy idea. Terrace can never win Hockeyville. And then they asked me to be involved uh, because I could bring the media, I guess, at that time up in Terrace. And so I did, and it was a life-changing experience. I still talk to friends from up there uh, every day, basically. So um, so I learned that uh, from going to all these small towns and through West Kelowna. And then with the Kelowna Rockets, uh, I got hired there in 2000, uh, the summer of 2014. And the Hamilton family, everybody knows in town, is you know one of the biggest charitable organizations probably in town. So I got to learn from uh, them. Uh, everything they do uh, has meaning and purpose and stuff like that and learn under the Hamiltons. So and then, of course, got to meet all the people that they worked with, the restaurants downtown, and uh, do some promotions and, and get to meet them. And I worked for them for uh, close to seven years. And then the pandemic hit, and uh, there was just nothing to do for someone that doesn't really sit at his desk too much. Um, so I was kind of an up-and-down guy. All the school visits, uh, the charity things that we did, I was involved with. I still volunteer at the food bank uh, um, not so much in the summer because I'm working six days a week, but about eight months of the year I'm there once or twice a week, uh, uh, volunteering there to fill a bit of the time and give back. And so um, I thought to myself, well, you know what, There's, uh, I love meeting the people at the arena and working downtown, and I know all these places downtown, and there's a lot of tours uh, in town that take you out to all these places, but what about 
the downtown where a lot of people are staying or coming to and the beaches and all that stuff. So I spent uh, a bunch of time with Community Futures that helps young businesses uh, oh, yeah, I know about uh, in Futures. town here. Yep. And uh, they helped me build a business plan and, you know, think about, you know, uh, all the work I had to do, learning the history and, you know, uh, the community and stuff like that. And so I, I thought, you know what, to have a mix of history, culture and tasting of only local businesses. Uh, and uh, the cultural district is an important part of Kelowna because it's kind of a tale of two cities down there. It used to be an old uh, industrial place with packing houses and canneries and railway tracks and a mill and uh, all sorts of stuff like that. And so there's lots to talk about. And then everybody wins, I think, from this tour. I enjoy spending the day and meeting people and actually getting to know them and learn about them and talk to them and teach them stuff. And uh, the businesses may not be getting these people uh, had I not brought them there. I also uh, pay for uh, the stuff that we're tasting at all these places, so they get a, a, a benefit there. Oh, so the re- so the restaurants get a chance yeah. t- as well to... They get a 10, 15-minute window. You know, we go to gather, and uh, they have a smoke gun there they do bubbles with, and they do a display there. Everybody gets a little drink that's smoke-infused, and it's an open kitchen that uses flame and uh, smoke, and so it's a... People often, they, they get about 70% uh, return there for people that come on my tour, so it's quite nice. So, Andrew, you, you get this uh, these tours together, and, and I guess a lot of people book through the website. Yeah. That's uh, traditional. Website, uh, and then travel websites, um, uh, TripAdvisor, Airbnb, and a new place called Get Your Guide that works with a lot of um, European uh, booking sites and stuff like that. So, so I'm I'm curious, and we'll we'll dive a bit into the tour. But um, what are you seeing as far as people that are booking the tour? Are they from Alberta? Are they from Vancouver? Are they from the U.S.? Where are they from? Well, this year it's expanding. Now, the last couple months, uh, actually, the last three or four months, I've been kind of all over the world: uh, Australia, Singapore, um, Korea. A couple days ago, um, lots of the U.K. Um, they love the gin-based uh, whis- or the whiskey-based uh, gin at Okanagan Spirits. Those Scottish people um, that we go to. Then uh, we've had uh, t- today's group was uh, uh, Ontario people. Yesterday was a group from Quebec. Uh, first time ever in the Okanagan. So it's a little, it's a mix of people that are looking for. You know, they might have an afternoon to do something, and you know, we go to eight places for about eighty dollars and. You know, it's a fun afternoon. And you get ta- you get filled up and taste all these different things and see, learn a little bit about where you're staying. And uh, here, when we walk into a place, there's always a, a manager, owner, or chef waiting for us. The table's ready. They come over and say a little bit about their restaurant. And, you know, how many times have you been out for dinner when even the managers come up and said, how was your meal tonight? I mean, it doesn't mean much, but it's nice to kind of have someone appreciate your business, I guess, right? So, but it seems like and the, they, uh, these places all would anyways, but it's just cool to show the oh service no. that they would get anyways when they came here. But you must get a high five from the restaurants all the time. Like, I mean, because you're promoting them yeah, and course. you're showing that side of it too. Yeah, we and we have it so we, you know, uh, they know the night before, they know what time we're arriving and it's always kind of a set time for all the same places. That way I can build a relationship with all the eight places we go with and they look forward to seeing my groups and know what to expect and so... Um, yeah, they, they, uh, it's the same eight I had last year. It's my second year in business now. And so they all stayed on and they're all uh, happy this year. And um, yeah, th- th- how could you complain? We come in for 10, 15 minutes. They get to brag about their business and show some of their best food and drinks. And then we're out of there. So for them, they love customers like that. So Andrew, you have the same eight people, like restaurants must be listening to this going, how do I get into the eight? Like, well, how do I... How do I bump one off? Perhaps, but you know, I, I never 
thought about it that way. I just, uh, um, the, uh, like everybody asked me, how did you find uh, these eight restaurants? I have uh, absolute sincere story for all of them, how I found them. Um, and it's just, it is my personal preference. It's also thinking about, you know, okay, can you have, you know, four um, stops of savory back to back to back to back to back and stuff like that. So it's things you have to uh, learn too. So you couldn't just, uh, this, uh, for me, I couldn't just snap the fingers. It has to have like an ebb and flow, I guess, you know, where we stop and talk about the history. I don't just want to um, slam you with, uh, you know, sugary things back to back. So we start at uh, with a little bakery treat from Bliss Bakery and uh, a couple little snacks from there. And I always say it's to boost our sugar levels before we go out in the Okanagan sun. And then we go to Chai Baba Tea and Crystal there gets us a lovely um, full size um, tea that helps our, our immune system, I say, before we head uptown and start enjoying some food and some more drinks and stuff like that downtown. So then we eat a little bit and then, you know, we stop at the Yacht Club for some ice cream and then make our way back to uh, uh, BNA. So there's a bit of a flow. We, we, it's a circle of the downtown cultural district because if you have a tourist, they like to know where they end the tour because they often have to find their transportation or their car and stuff. So there's a whole flow to it. But uh, And then also the big thing is, is I wanted to have relationships with these uh, eight businesses, their employees. I've taken a lot of the employees out on tour already as a thanks. Um, and will to the rest of them that haven't gone yet. We're planning that for the fall. Um, but I wanted just to, when they open the door, hi, Andrew, and uh, good to see you guys today. And I know everyone's names. And so um, that's what I wanted out of it. And that's what it, it is right now. And it's still, uh, you know, uh, becoming something different every day, I guess you could say. And we're learning new things. But uh, that's, w that's what I wanted out of it. And that's why I chose the eight. And it's going great so far. So do you have a, a culinary background then? Is that why this, this, it seems like, I mean, obviously you're a very social guy. So, you know, peopling is, is second nature to you, but is it the, the culinary side of things? I know you're proud of the, you know, of the area. You're proud of Kelowna. Uh, it's a chance to show that off. It's also a business opportunity and I get that. Yeah. But do you have that culinary background as well? Like, do you do you mix it up in the kitchen much? Yeah, or? I'm a I'm a great chef. I uh, my favorite channel is the Food Network. It always has been. My mom's been on my tour, and we stop the two uh, main restaurants we stop at are Gather and the Curious Cafe. They both have open kitchens, and she was on the group tour one day with other people that she didn't know, um, but she, they knew she was my mom, and she said. Uh, She's a, any wonder you watched Gordon Ramsay growing up so much. She's like, all oh, your kitchens are open kitchens here because he used to swing doors open and, you know, see, you know, crazy stuff in behind there. But I also watch good cooking shows too, um, ones that are uh, awesome. And so I've always, I, I have no issue cooking uh, in the kitchen at all. I have a little bit of talent. I've been using Google to cook for about 15 years now. So my friend taught me that in college. And I also grew up on an orchard. So uh, my grandparents had an orchard in Oyama. So there was nothing, you know, um, I show some pictures on tour of me on the orchard and there's a few and people ask like, oh, I thought there'd be more of you. And I said, well, the other ones are like me chasing a chicken with its head cut off and stuff like this on an orchard. So we did things and cooked with my grandma and my mom. My dad was actually the, the main cook of our family. He was oldest of six brothers in Scotland and uh, his mom left at a young age and so we had to take care of his brothers and he was a care aide his whole life and he packed a uh, our lunches and made our uh, and made breakfast and made dinner and uh, my and all of our life so I, I always cooked with him as well we were best friends so it led to that I'm also the biggest person in my family by about a hundred pounds and about a foot so love food and and then I worked with a lot of the restaurants always with all the different businesses I was doing and, and appreciated good food and my parents and I we always 
traveled a lot and I still have over to Europe and they taught me to instead of going to like a chain rep, don't go to McDonald's if you go to London you know go find you know the the hole in the wall place and and find some good food and so all those things combined were uh, uh, led led to this basically so it sounds like you get a whole multitude of people taking your tours is the language barrier a little bit of an, an issue at times or how do you get around that? Cause I mean, Singapore to, unless they all have some sort of English. Yeah. Background. I mean, they, they, on my website, it says, uh, you know, it is an English based tour. I, you have to um, tell on TripAdvisor and Airbnb, if you have like a translator, which I don't, it may be something I look into um, one day perhaps uh, because people you know, come on tour, they want to hear some things, but um, most of the times they just ask me to talk a little bit slower and, uh, it's a can mental, you do that? Can you talk slower? I'm not slower? sure if I can. <laughs> we could phone uh, the people from Singapore and see if they thought that or not. But, uh, I got some laughs out of them that day. So I think it went, it went pretty good, but, uh, yeah. So you just kind of have to make a mental note that day. And, uh, but usually they're they're They can speak English. The people from Quebec, they were from, uh, Quebec and I had done some work in Montreal and they they were obviously a bit more they said you go two hours north of Montreal the you know the Quebec uh, the French accent is a lot more deeper and stuff and I had to the boy's name was uh, Hubert and I had, it was Hubert actually so I had to remind myself of that all day and so there is some language barriers but you know you just have to uh, um, uh, do that I was a play-by-play guy so thankfully I'm pretty good with names and so but I'm learning there's a lot of new names out there and um but so far, everybody who books a tour, you know, I try to explain as much as possible, give as much information that, you know, it is a, a, an English. Uh, and if they're in Canada, I think they kind of, uh, if they're here, they're, they're not expecting everywhere to have translators for them and stuff. So, um, so far, so good. So I would imagine uh, the Meet Me on Bernard campaign, where, you know, Bernard Street Closure yeah. has actually helped your business immensely, I would think. Yeah, yeah, we can make it through Bernard a little bit quicker. Um, it's an awesome thing to... You know, instead of always hitting people with history at every stop that we make, it's nice to be able to say, hey, these are the events going on uh, downtown Kelowna. After every um, tour, I also send a personal email. It's not just one that says, hey, it's Andrew. Uh, thanks for coming on the tour. Here's a review. It also has a plethora of things. One of them is downtown Kelowna and Meet Me on Bernard, Festivals Kelowna, to find out all the different fun events that are going on in Kelowna. I try to help our guests out with the, the things you can do, I guess, on vacation that don't uh, go in your pocketbook. So uh, Meet Me on Bernard is one of those, the concerts, all the stuff for kids, the markets. Um, yes, yeah, so we spend a lot of time up there hanging out, and we just pop up uh, on Bernard Tokenogan Spirits when we go to Bernard, so we're in kind of the middle of it all. And so, yeah, it's amazing, and the guests love that we can walk down the middle of the road. A lot of them, it takes them back to, you know, Europe and stuff like that, places that they've been. So uh, 100% uh, awesome feedback for that. So and I, and I was a sponsor of it this year too. So oh, that's good. I, I'm I'm just wondering your because you clearly have a ton of passion for this. You have a ton of energy. Is is this is this going to be something you can see yourself doing for a long time? Because I, I mean, I I love the fact that you do this, and I I mean, do you ever a... do you ever go home and just kind of fall apart on the couch and just go, oh man, I <laughs> like your feet feet and talking and all that kind of stuff like it's not an easy job well don't feel too bad for me it's pretty nice downtown <laughs> Kelowna but uh my first tour starts at 10 30 so my old bosses the Hamiltons wouldn't like that you know we started at 8 30 at the Rockets so I get some pretty le- leeway now that I'm my own boss but um no it's uh it's fun you feed off the energy of people um I, I, I don't know what else to say when I when I first started this a good friend of mine uh runs one of the m- most uh 
like successful food to walking food tours in Canada. And I asked him and I said, you know, you've been doing it for four or five years now. Like, is this something like I'm 38 years old at the time? Is this something I can do for five or 10 years? I don't want to just keep on switching careers here for a while. I like to have a job for a while like I had been doing until the pandemic. And he said he was 42 and he's like, I could see myself doing this till 52. And so I thought, okay, well, off I go then. So, uh, so here I am and I love it. And no, I never go home and crash. Maybe the next, uh, during this heat wave that we're kind of in for the week, when you get home, you kind of have a cold shower right away and you kind of sit on the couch one night out of the week, but you kind of have to snap out of it and remind yourself it's the Okanagan, get outside and enjoy it. So I want to give listeners, uh, and by the way, thank you for listening to the Rick and Friends show. I want to give listeners a little bit of a perspective on historical element. You said you go through the cultural yeah. district. Um, give, give us an idea of a snippet of historical significance for Kelowna that, that a lot of us maybe don't know. Well, when, you know, for instance, when you're walking downtown, the cultural district isn't just this uh, fancy place of art galleries and museums and, and, and full of Banksy and Andy Warhol stuff and awesome restaurants. It's, uh, it's kind of a sad tale of what Kelowna used to be, and, uh, but also neat. You know, um, there's a lot of fire stories downtown Kelowna. One of the, there's a few that we know what happened uh, from and, and some that we don't. But before we got our bridge in, in 1958, uh, to get our fruit that we grew here in Kelowna, we got it across the lake on Sternwheelers. I'm sure people know that. There's one that sits in Penticton you can go visit. But uh, the first one was built by a guy called Lord Aberdeen. Um, and he had the SS Aberdeen built after him. He was also our governor general until 1898. So he had a little bit of uh, power. And the, the CP Rail built him the first Sternwheeler to get our fruit across the lake because otherwise we'd have to go down to Vernon and all the way around or uh, uh, somehow get to Penticton. And so the quickest way to get our fruit to Vancouver or the U.S. was this ship. So they made that right away in 1892. And then things kind of started taking off for Cologne over the years. We had two different bigger stern wheelers and downtown was all small railway tracks about a couple kilometers long that went between big warehouses and winded by Cannery Lane where BNA is now and uh, the Laurel Packing House was actually a, a packing house and we didn't have our first railway station until 1928 so um, uh, you know so there's lots to learn downtown when you're walking you're kind of walking on history and the city's done a good job of marking out where old railway tracks were and uh, that all burned down in a fire of 1961 except for the Laurel Packing House and uh, and obviously not Bernard and so when you're walking on there now it's the cultural district the city said okay well we have our bridge are we going to build up this industrial area again so they decided to make it a kind of tourist centered place and so that's why you'll see the, the art gallery got built first and all the beautiful things they have down there and the art pieces that are downtown. Um, every new building you walk by, you'll see all these and, uh, and ones that date back as old as the library 26 years ago. There's uh, beautiful art pieces out there. I showed a lady from Kelowna yesterday, the two pieces out in front there. There's uh, a big infinity loop that looks like uh, it's got letters on it and all sorts of stuff. It's called Natural Language and, it's, uh, and it spins and no one even uh, knew about it that was from Kelowna yesterday. So there's all sorts of treasures to find. They're made by a local artist, most of them. So uh, it's kind of neat to discover all that. And it's intertwined with, you know, just the beach down there. So you sometimes just go down to Kelowna to go to the beach and enjoy the waterfront. But there's all that this kind of, you know, four block radius of uh, amazing stuff and restaurants intertwined amongst it. So there's uh, lots to learn along the way. And like I said, that was only one fire, the 1961 of about three or four we talk about on tour, um, but kind of fun stuff. 
So let's talk a bit about when you, when you share these historical elements, do you get a lot of feedback, like a lot of questions and like, are people really engaged with Kelowna's history or is it just like, ah, can we just get to the next restaurant? So well, that, I mean, that's kind of the, it's a, that's when I say, you know, the tour evolves every day is you, you have to kind of be a, uh, read, be able to read people too, kind of what they're feeling for the day. So some days, you know, uh, people are there just to eat and kind of walk around. They want to know a little bit about um, Kelowna, but, you know, some of the more in-depth stuff they don't need. And then uh, there's some days where you do get asked a lot of questions, which is why it was nice to, uh, what I, one of the first smartest things I did was take Bob Hayes out, who's the local president for the Kelowna Heritage Society, and uh, walked around. He thankfully spent a couple hours with me and uh, confirmed a few of my stories. And then he said, he told me something he said, uh, he, he said, if you don't know it completely, you just said according to the history he said to say. So that was kind of a funny one. So he was a great guy and uh, just helped me out uh, um, uh, get that a little bit organized, I guess. So, yeah. So has there been anybody notable that's come through your tour that, you know, you were kind of surprised that they, uh, they booked the tour with you, like maybe a group or like, or, or what's the furthest country that's booked? Uh, Singapore was one you mentioned, but... Yeah, I mean, Singapore, I've had um, uh, India, and then uh, my history uh, working in hockey, I've had uh, hockey players that I've wor- you know worked with 12 years ago who are now grown men living in Nashville or the U.S. somewhere. And well, you got a name drop now. Uh, well, no, no, no. Uh, well, I guess the only one that people would know would be uh, Dylan Dubé plays for the Calgary Flames. Um, used to Cal- form a corner well, rocket. Yeah. Calgary Flames are close to my okay, heart. So yeah. you just so, and they're doing good this week. So that's good. <laughs> and they had they had a rough week, but um, no. But most of these guys were uh, guys that went on to play college down in the U.S. when I was working for the West Kelowna Warriors, and because uh, I did a lot of community stuff with these guys there. Um, not that I did it with the Rockets, but we just uh, Hockeyville kind of bonded us, I guess, for the year that some of the players were there, and so. Uh, I get bookings with uh, their wives at that book, and then I'll walk up to the tour, and I haven't seen these people for six or seven years and get a nice hug and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, r- this year's been been awesome. I've had uh, um, people kind of from all over the world, and it's uh, most people are, are do really well with English. And, uh, you know, some of the flights I've been asking about sound horrendous. Uh, I guess once you get out of uh, – I had someone who came from Asia – I think it was Vietnam. They flew into the States and then up to Canada through L.A. And they said Asia was easy and getting into North America and up no- through North America was pretty tough. And then I had people this week that came across Canada and from Chicago and they said it's getting, it seems to be getting better and their flights were on time and stuff. So well, that's good because we, we had uh, Sam Samadar from uh, the airport director on and he was talking that, yeah, it, you know, people are going to feel the – uh, the airline crunch a little bit for the next year while they get things sorted out. And, and he thinks, he thinks, you know, th- there is a horizon for sure, but, uh, he said it's still tough and, uh, and people just have to be patient. I yeah. Guess. So, I mean, I had people from Amsterdam and they said it was six hour waits there and then six hour waits in London, but that was back in May and June. And I've had nobody, uh, with that bad of reports, uh, since. So that was like the worst case scenario. And it seems to be getting better knock on wood because I'm traveling, uh, to Europe at uh, Christmas time. So, so this is the part of the show where we want to talk to people about why they would want to take your tour. So, first off, we should we should mention maybe the the eight places. Uh, let let's start there. But the other part is, do you feel like people kind of take Kelowna and and its culinary experience for granted? Because the the reason I say that is. Um, I was lucky enough to help with the Canadian Culinary Championship. 
And uh, and the amount of talent in the Okanagan Valley blows me away constantly. And I don't know if a lot of people see it as uh, a mecca for for chef-inspired meals that are just that blow people away internationally all the time. And I mean, you can probably tell stories about that. But so what what eight places? And then and do you think we're, we kind of take Kelowna for granted for the the amount of, of culinary excellence that comes out of here? Yeah, well, I'll talk about that first. You know, I had people last week from Penticton who said they drive to Costco every two weeks and drive past the downtown and they saw my, you know, ad pop up on Google and then thought, well, there's a walking tour in Kelowna. We've only done one in Vegas before. And they took my tour and were like, and they were Korean and they didn't know there was a Korean Italian restaurant downtown Kelowna that does amazing stuff. And they were, you know, that just made their day basically uh, finding that spot. So I think when people think of the downtown Kelowna, they think of just like the um, pubs and, and, and places to go. But there really is only one nightclub left downtown Kelowna. Um, um, and the rest of them are just lovely places you can kind of uh, go hang out and relax and enjoy. And there's amazing stuff happening downtown. So um, I think people in the past maybe thought to go out to a winery or something like that to get a one of those farm to table amazing uh, meals. But there's, I think, 75 restaurants and coffee shops and bakeries uh, downtown Kelowna and growing because that was before OEB, the little restaurant, uh, little uh, breakfast restaurant downtown. No, not little, it's a big uh, breakfast restaurant opened last year. And that was my stats from like 2020. So, of course, it's grown um, since then. Um, so there is lots going on downtown. Uh, it's easy to find out uh, anything about, you know, any of the 20 amazing restaurants uh, that do dinner downtown. Uh, Salt and Brick, for instance, is a restaurant that was not featured on the Food Network for You Gotta Eat Here. Um, it's right between, yeah, yeah, it was uh, right between Craft uh, and Earl's downtown, that old little brick building that's uh, built around 1903, I think. Anyways, it's an amazing building, so you're sitting by history right there with the bricks beside you, and the chef makes a different... Uh, uh, menu every single night so it's kind of fun and and the the dishes arrive and it's a cool experience because you can see the lake right there and it's intimate and fun and um and so the eight places we'd go to aren't that one because uh, they don't open until about four or five o'clock i'm a daytime tourist people can enjoy the day and then go out and hopefully experience Kelowna for the evening and so uh every day we start at uh at Bliss Bakery downtown. They're my favorite uh, bakery in the Okanagan. I found them uh, working for the West Kelowna Warriors when I went to do some sales down in Peachland and would never come back with any uh, sales contracts, but just a basket of goodies to give to the owner of the Warriors. So um, so they won me over with that. And I've done lots of stuff with Darcy and Barry that own that bakery. Uh, Barry is one of 19 Red Seal chefs in all of Canada. It bakes every single night and they, they have three amazing bakeries now and uh all the stuff we get there when we go there was made the night before and fresh and awesome and it's a really cool place and they support local art and just can't say enough about them so we start with a little sweet treat uh, right across from the laurel packing house at bliss bakery um and then we pop into chai baba tea which is a loose leaf tea shop uh just kind of kitty corner in the same building as uh as uh, bliss bakery and Crystal's owned that place for 10 years and uh, we joke around that I've been teaching her about hockey for 10 years and her uh, me about tea and I'm a big matcha tea guy and uh, it's kind of our zen spot of the tour and people love the smell and going in there and then we go uh, to Gather Restaurant inside the Innovation Centre which is the Korean-Italian fusion restaurant and uh, have a drink and some tastings from them and then we go to the Curious Cafe uh, the Curious Cafe is uh, owned by Luigi Cockrell, Homestyle Italian Kitchen, 
and uh, amazing spot where we get some uh, nice slice of pizza and some wine there. And then uh, we go to Okanagan Spirits on Bernard, which is Western Canada's oldest craft distillery, and they make uh, spirits out of local apples. And it's kind of fun there because everyone kind of comes to the Okanagan for wine tasting, and this is a little uh, something different. They can try what we do with our apples here, so kind of fun. And then the Yacht Club, uh, their galley cafe, they make everything in-house in there, the Yacht Club chefs, and it's a public patio now, and they make lovely single-batch uh, gelato ice cream, so we stop at the Yacht Club and have a nice little fancy uh, big scoop of ice cream at the Yacht Club, and then we walk through the waterfront park and wind our way back to BNA, uh, where we have a, a drink there, and then also a tasting from uh, the lovely staff at Boxcar Kitchen that makes crazy Asian street food, so we have a nice uh, steamed bun from them, and it's uh, a oh, nice that, steam, the that steam bun is yeah is is out of this next world yeah level it's like a cloud yeah. it's just it's so good and then yeah. I should say Saturdays um, uh, our, our sorry Saturdays gather isn't open until uh, five o'clock so uh, they're friends with uh, we're all friends uh, El Tequiro and so Saturdays we go to El Tequiro instead of uh, instead of uh, gather and El Tequiro is a lovely restaurant downtown Mexican restaurant uh, owned by Izzy and Marnie that we love going to on Saturdays. And Saturday's kind of a taco and margarita day anyway, so it works out great. So that that tour, um, it looks like, and I'm just looking at your website, it, it seems like there's there's various uh, times. So you can go... Uh, 10.30 and 2 o'clock, Monday to Saturday. And and how long are it's these tours? It's a three-hour tour. It's a three-hour tour. And I tour. tell people it's on Okanagan time, so it might be three hours <laughs> and 15, three hours and a half. So that's why I give myself a bubble uh, between 1.30 and 2 for the afternoon tour. I don't... Uh, like doing things if I'm spending money and you know you work hard for it nowadays and it's harder to get and you know you want to do something fun on vacation or just in your own backyard you know you don't want to be you know led around and okay we got to be here at this time and this right. time so you want to relax I want to have make sure people enjoy the day and before you know it it's like everyone always says I can't believe three and a half hours has gone by you know and you know that's the feeling that I I wanted to have I didn't want it to feel like you're you know we're just getting you from point a to point b and uh and so it's set up that way that uh, when we arrive at all these places, um, I kind of text her phone on the way before. So when we arrive at the Curious Cafe, they have wine glasses and the table's all set. And the moment they sit down, the pizza shows up and they're pouring their wine. And they, then they have 15 minutes to relax. And it seems like they've been relaxing all day. But in reality, we, we kind of keep them mo moving by, by doing that. And so it works out well. So y you mentioned Bliss uh, has a Red Seal chef. Uh, ba yeah, Barry, the owner, yeah. So he's one of 19 Red Seal yeah. chefs in Canada. Yeah, and I looked in, I did some Google research in it. Uh, keep in mind, I went to broadcast school and communication school, so I had this kind of stuff was over my head, but I looked into it a little bit, and uh, it was quite, I was like 5,000 study hours, or, you know, it was a lot, a lot of, a lot of work keeping into it. So, um, so uh, they do things really well. They cut no corners, artisan bakery, they buy real butter. They get the, you know, big blocks of real chocolate from Bernard Calibo and, just a lovely place, and so they wanted just to, you know, th there's no point nowadays cutting any corners. If you do things right, people will find you. And some mornings we go in there, and, you know, I think it's like a, uh, they have a new patio outside, but it's been packed here lately. So people are finding that they're doing it right, and they sell Cherry Hill Coffee in there, which is a local roaster. And so, you know, uh, places like that I admire, you know, we all help each other out, and, 
you know, people respect that when you're on vacation, you, you know, people are learning it, you know, there's Starbucks everywhere and nothing against Starbucks, but it's nice to go and find some local people. If you went back on vacation, you know, definitely at Bliss and Chai Bob and most of my places, actually all my places would remember your name. So because it's genuine salt of the earth people. So people that are listening, and, and by the way, thank you for listening to the Rick and Friends show. Uh, the one thing I want to mention is, is there, give us some idea. And again, I, I know how tough it is to, to pick one place or another or anything else, but give me a few ideas of, because you are someone, you know, well-versed in culinary delights on the menus. So if you were to say to somebody from points beyond, you're coming to Kelowna, uh, you gotta have blank, like it, it's a meal or an appetizer or something, and maybe it's a signature dish that maybe people wouldn't understand or know about that is a little bit off the trail, and and it's something that you think will just really ingratiate them to to Kelowna. Like what what would that dish be? And and again, I know you could talk at length about a whole bunch of them, but is there any one dish that kind of stands out for you that man, you gotta have that one? Well, I'll probably have to stick with um, my friends uh, that I go on tour with at one of the eight places from there. And I could probably pick a dish from all eight of them. But I would say, you know, people ask me for a good steak a lot when they come on tour. They say, hey, where do you go for a good steak? Of course, the, the keg is in town. But if you, you know, even if you live in Kelowna, or think off the top of your head, like where the heck else would I go get a steak, like a nice steak in Kelowna? Gather does an amazing Korean steak um, with roasted potatoes and they slice it for you. That's how they do it uh, in Korea. They slice your steak for you and they leave it a little bit pink in the middle. Then they finish it with flame on top that gives a little bit of char broil. And it's uh, an absolute, exp- you've never had a, a steak like that, I guess I could say. And it almost cuts with your fork. You don't need a, a knife for it. And uh, there's t- the, the potatoes and all of that being said, the potatoes are probably the, the best part about that plate. Um, so gather, I think, you know, I get asked, that's probably the number one question I get asked the most is like, where do you get a steak? And I always get people responding me back saying, we went to gather. Thank you for the suggestion, Andrew. Um, and they also do uh, smoke infused uh, pork belly sometimes as well. So it's not always on the menu, but their steak there. Um, is outstanding and something different that you've never had before and you will remember from from being downtown Cologne. And if you go there before 8 o'clock, you can walk across the street through Kasugai Gardens after your lovely steak and have that total uh, Asian experience. So it's kind of fun. So I was in Calgary on a, on a trip and and they created this, um, uh, an old-fashioned. So it was an old-fashioned, but it was smoked in a smoker and, and it was... I mean, it tasted like several more. So is there a, a cocktail or a refreshment or spirit that, that again, because we talked about the steak and I'm still watering about the steak, but is there another cocktail or drink that you would say, hey, it's kind of a fun drink and maybe, again, people wouldn't know about it? Yeah, well, I think uh, the cool thing about one of the stops that we have, you know, BNA, El Tequiro, um, the Curious Cafe, Gather, they all do out-of-this-world cocktails. At El Tequiro, you can get a pitcher of margaritas and different Mexican drinks for 20 to $25, and so they have good deals there. Um, but the neatest stop, I think, on our visit is that we get a lot of people, tourism is a lot based on wine here in, in Kelowna in the area, and that's a fine. Um, but when they do that, they want a little bit different curve, so I take them to Okanagan Spirits, which uses 
uh, like I was saying, only apples to make all their different spirits there. And also they've teamed up with a whole bunch of BC companies like Born to Shake uh, is one of them. And they make uh, like simple syrups that are flavored that if you're not uh, uh, an experienced bartender and didn't go to bartending school and spend years learning how to mix cocktails, uh, they've used only ingredients, for instance, like how to make an old fashioned. They've only used natural ingredients. You can read the five ingredients on there, like orange peel, simple syrup, um, and that they've gone so far to use cane syrup, so it's, you don't have to have people who are allergic to, you know, granulated sugar or whatever. Uh, and uh, they've made it like that. And there's all sorts of different things. And so you can walk in there, buy a, a bottle of gin from Okanagan Spirits or vodka or whatever it is, and then they've got this. You're supporting local. This whole entire selection where you can take that home and be your own bartender. So I think that's kind of the next wave. I got a lot of people um, that have home bars now and. And want to kind of get into all that kind of stuff and and they've made it easy and uh, kind of dummy proof i guess you could say so um i've actually bought some of their old-fashioned mix for uh make making it and it tastes just like as if you were in the bar the orange peel wasn't cut as nice but uh, everything else was good so so take me through um this this walking tour has been going for how long now about a just a little over about a year close to a year and a half did you did you ever think Man, I'm not sure if it's gonna go. Like it, it, it it's because you started during a very difficult time. Yeah, and it was my first <laughs> business ever. Um, so the my my first like busy month was the heat wave of last July, and then we had the forest fires, and then we had the slides in November. And I I was doing well in November. I have some bookings again this year in November um, coming up, and you know I wasn't letting the world on fire, but I thought okay, I'll be okay to Christmas, and then. I was traveling in uh, Christmas time in January, hope to be back in February and March to kind of get things rolling again. And uh, then the slides happened, that kind of slowed stuff down into Christmas. So this year, you know, people have been, uh, the, it's sunny now, but for a lot of the spring, it was, uh, you know, we had flood watch into July this year. So people were complaining about the rain and the umbrellas I did buy for the company are no longer in use because we use them so much, but I uh, have to buy not the dollar store ones next year, but uh, actually I had really nice umbrellas. I got the stickers though cost more than the umbrellas. So next year I'm going to buy a more expensive umbrellas and a cheaper sticker for them with my company logo on there. So, uh, but it rained a lot. And so people were uh, complaining about that a little bit. It actually didn't, uh, people were still coming over and traveling and uh, the rain you know, it was better than, you know, we, I love the rain in the Okanagan because it keeps kind of all the things at bay and stuff. So, um, so, uh, so it, this year has been kind of my first year without kind of some crazy stuff happening. And so, yeah, it's, it's going pretty good. If I can stay, you know, busy into November, then, um, I, I think that I'll be able to make it a, a sustainable, you know, business moving forward. So yeah, it's been a, a good summer and, um, hopefully the weather stays the same way and uh, just roll into the fall and keep enjoying what I'm doing and, uh, entertaining people. It's been a pleasure, Andrew. We'll have to get you back on the show, but I got to tell you, um, you have given me some some excellent insight into some food and and some drink and and uh, and and I mean, let's face it, I th I think more of us should learn more and and probably experience more of Kelowna because we do take it for granted, and and I I mean I'm I'm guilty of that as well, but I think a lot of us do, and I think it's great that you're doing this. And I think for Kelowna, uh, so I really appreciate you getting out there and, and putting on the old uh, shoes and marching people around and telling them 
and and really given them this this flavor uh, of of what our community is about. So I my hats off to you. That's wonderful news. Thank you. Yeah, and I and I uh, I don't hammer you with history the the whole time. It's more of like the the fun history and and kind of the cool introspective to where we were used to look like and stuff. And I have some pictures along the way to show like. Hey, here's uh, where we're standing now. Here's what it used to look like and stuff. So some interesting things like that that are a bit interactive and fun. And we do go to eight places over three hours. So it's a, it's a little mix of everything. And like I said, before you know it, you're kind of looking around going like, holy cow, the, this tour is over. And I still have the rest of my day to enjoy the rest of my day. And I've learned all this stuff. And, and you can go on and enjoy your vacation and, and hopefully have made some new friends here in Kelowna. And that, to me, is what it's all about. It's uh, just a, t- a taste of Kelowna foodtours.com.